0: are locked on nba your daily nba podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day welcome to the wednesday edition of locked on nba the daily podcast covering everything you want to know about the association and on wednesdays i'm your co-host jake madison host of the locked on pelicans podcast you can follow me on twitter at nola jake
1: My name is Matt George, host of the Locked on Kings podcast. Follow me on Twitter at radio. And if you want to hear about a struggling, suffering team for almost 15 years, the Locked on Kings podcast is the place to be. But man, am I excited to guest host here today. Very excited to be able to talk about things outside of Sacramento Kings basketball.
0: Yeah, we we got a lot too, right? We've got a big injury that might swing the Western Conference to a certain degree. We had almost Dame time in this, but a vintage performance from Carmelo Anthony Um, The suns are surging. It's been kind of a fun night of action around the NBA. We're going to get to all of that here in just a second. But before we get to that, today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. So before we get to the games, the big news is in Monday night's game between the Denver Nuggets and the Golden State Warriors, Jamal Murray went down. And after getting an MRI, it's a torn ACL of his left knee. He's out indefinitely, but he's going to be out for the remainder of the regular season. Needless to say, Matt, this is kind of a big deal for the Western Conference.
1: It's a significant deal for the Western Conference. It's a significant deal for Jamal Murray, too, who's continuing to take those steps into what I believe was a path to stardom. Now, Murray has been, at least from what I've seen of him this season, he's been kind of on and off, certainly not always at the level that he played in the Orlando bubble, how huge he was for the Denver Nuggets in the Orlando bubble playoff series uh, with the Nuggets and the great run that they made. So, yeah, the loss of him is going to be significant, even with uh, the addition of Aaron Gordon. Of course, everything goes through. Uh, Nikola Jokic in Denver. And the one area that Mike Malone's nuggets can, can get away uh, with Murray's horrible injury is The fact that offensively so much can be run through Jokic, how great of a passer he is. That doesn't necessarily need to be the primary point guard role as a distributor, but Jamal Murray does so much. He's such a scoring threat on the perimeter. The amount of space he opens up for Jokic uh, for Aaron Gordon is is significant. And it's definitely going to be missed. I think this is a a tremendously horrible injury to deal with. And I, I feel bad. That Murray is not only going to be left out of these playoffs, but I mean, with injuries like this, the likelihood of of these guys being done almost the entirety of next season, too, it's a very real situation that Denver is going to have to deal with. And that leaves a big hole that I'm going to be interested to see how Denver tries to patch, whether it's coming up to this playoffs or even this upcoming offseason.
0: Yeah. I mean, in, in the immediate, you have to figure they're going to try and sign someone to just give them a little bit more guard depth. And that's an area they kind of been lacking throughout the year. And they were just finally starting to kind of become fully healthy and not have to worry about all of that. And they had just missed jamal murray for four games where they went three and one during that stretch They're three and three without him this season now and so or had been until this game and so it's definitely going to kind of throw a bit of a wrench in and they have been surging right like they had an eight game winning streak before losing these past two uh they looked like a team that could potentially get into championship contention and i agree with you that murray wasn't up to the level that he had been in the bubble but it's kind of Filling that complimentary role, that secondary guy to Nikola Jokic, he was pretty perfect this season. And also shooting 41% from three and spacing the court for him that way. Is going to hurt him a whole lot. And this just raises a whole ton of questions for him, right? What's this mean for Michael Porter Jr. And his yeah. role going forward, who fills some of this for Jamal Murray? You've got Adam Matas, who's going to be covering that. He also um, ho- hosts the Friday show of On NBA, but he's going to be all over this story. So if you want to know a little bit more about specifically what the Nuggets are, are going to be doing or need to do and how this kind of impacts the western conference playoff picture because it does right that's the place to definitely go check it out i want to ask you this though you know i think a lot of talk's been made about the condensed season that we're mm. seeing here that has i don't know if it's quantifiable but it plays a huge factor into this
1: absolutely and i don't think like you said there's ever going to be a way to truly measure it or, or completely understand it. But anytime, I mean, we know before uh, COVID before all the effects that we've gone through over the last couple of years, or it feels like a couple of years, year and a half or just over a year now. Uh, we know that the NBA was trying to get away from a schedule featuring back to backs. They were trying to spread out games. And now I understand they're wanting to get all 72 games in this season, but with that, they rolled the dice. They, they flipped the coin a little bit with the condensed schedule with adding so many games, putting in so many back to backs So I, I hesitate to say that is the primary reason why Jamal Murray suffered this injury, because it's one of those freak non-contact basketball injuries. It's, it's, Non-contact injuries just blow my mind, Jake, because you look at a move that these players do on a daily basis without second thought. I remember witnessing uh, a similar injury happen to Rudy Gay in Sacramento, uh, where he was trying to cut baseline and, and suffered the same injury. And It's a move that this guy has done a million times in his NBA career. And same thing with Jamal Murray all the way up. And I wonder what kind of mental effect that has on Jamal, what kind of mental effect that has on guys. Even Clay Thompson, for example, who still is trying to battle back from his injuries. Mentally, is he going to be the same player when he comes back? But I think the condensed schedule absolutely has something to do with the wear and tear of these guys. I don't think I can make it the reason A uh, for Jamal suffering this injury, but it would be ignorance to say it had nothing to do with it.
0: No and I mean you look at you look at the injuries around the league right you know and there seem they it feels on the rise a little bit and then there's got to be some sort of side to that as you said the NBA's been trying to kind of get away from some of this stuff there's been so many studies right on how much rest is needed and how rest is so important and these guys are playing basically at least every other day right now and it yep. makes it pretty difficult on him, just a lot of wear and tear on the body i will say it, you know for jamal murray this is a pretty similar injury to what zach levine has mm-hmm. suffered in his career and he has bounced back incredibly well this season in particular making the all-star game so a bit of a silver lining a bit of something that maybe if you're a denver nuggets fan or just a fan of like the dude in general because injuries suck like we never want to see anything like this hopefully he can get back to the type of form that he had in the bubble and what we were seeing from him this year. But this is a blow definitely to the Denver Nuggets.
1: Yeah, and I will say too, Jake, look at how many injuries have, have now not as catastrophic as what Jamal Murray is dealing with, but look at the amount of injuries that are happening to teams who made deep bubble runs, who but only had, yeah, the Lakers have been dealing with, I mean, LeBron, Anthony Davis, there's a, a lot of teams that made deep bubble uh, bubble runs that have dealt with injury bugs. And with Jamal Murray, he's had injury issues throughout uh, this season before this catastrophic injury. So that absolutely has an effect as well. I mean, these guys are putting a lot of stress on their bubble. Bodies right now. And it's why I don't as much as I hate resting, if I was a paying customer who paid $200 to see LeBron James play when the Lakers came to town and LeBron decided to sit out because of rest, I as a paying customer, of course, would be disappointed. And I know the NBA as a product would be disappointed, especially if it was like a nationally televised game. But it's, it's what makes these players able to make the deep playoff runs that they go on. And I guarantee you, even though the Lakers are in the fifth spot in the Western Conference right now and have the injuries that they have, they're looking long term. They're looking at, OK, we're going to be playing all the way through June, maybe into July, depending upon how long this playoff schedule goes. They're not too worried about regular season games in the middle of March and April.
0: No, definitely not. And you'll start to see it more. You know, this kind of just sends a message to the rest of the league of maybe we need to rest our guys just a little bit. And it's also maybe better to do it in a season where you don't have a ton of fans in the arenas and you're not really worried about upsetting people as much. But It's going to be a lot of fallout from this injury, both for the Denver Nuggets and the rest of the Western Conference as well. We'll be covering it here on Locked on NBA. And of course, they're going to have it covered over at Locked on Nuggets, wherever you get your podcast, by the way. So coming up, a full slate of action in the NBA, including a 42 performance from Lou Dort, vintage Carmelo Anthony. It was a pretty fun night of action. We're going to recap that all coming up here next on Locked on NBA. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on NBA is brought to you by Built Bar. Simply put, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. I eat one of these things every single day before a workout. I'm digging the churro marshmallow puff flavor right now. Matt, do you have a favorite flavor?
1: Mint brownie. And I was so upset during Built Bar madness that uh, mint brownie got knocked out. They did get knocked out by the champion. So I guess that's a little bit easier to swallow. But I thought for sure mint brownie was going to make it all the way and, and capture the title. But next year's
0: our year. It it tastes like mint chocolate chip ice cream, except it's a protein bar and it's healthy for you. And I have no idea the type of wizardry they're able to do to make these things taste as good as they do. Maybe it's the fact that they're covered in 100% real chocolate or that they're soft. They're easy to chew. They're not dry. They're not chalky. They're not like too chewy or anything like that. These things are just good. If you're eating a protein bar, you may as well eat the one that's delicious and also 17 grams of protein, 130 calories or 19 grams of protein and just 180 calories. So you're not wasting all of the cardio you've done in the gym. So if you want to give them a try, and we definitely encourage you to do so, go to builtbar.com. use the promo code LOCKED15. You're going to get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off over at builtbar.com. Get all the sports news you need in under
1: 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: All right, we had a full slate of games in the NBA. You didn't watch them all. We did. We're going to recap everything and let you guys know what you missed. We're starting off with the Oklahoma City Thunder taking on the Utah Jazz A 106-96 win for the Utah Jazz, who started slowly but really found their footing midway through the second quarter and just kind of cruised to victory in this one. Rudy Gobert was a monster down low, seven blocks, also 13 points for him. You also had Donovan Mitchell score 22 and Bogdanovich for them, 23 points.
1: Looking at this Utah Jazz team as a whole, and we're going to talk about this a little more later in the podcast when we talk about the Brooklyn Nets. Everything about the Utah Jazz I love because in my mind, as someone who comes from a small market and covers a small market team, the Utah Jazz just have done things the right way, kind of a homegrown product with, of course, their big two of Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, the addition of Bogdanovich. Uh, Mike Conley, of course, has been fantastic this year. He had 15 points, but more importantly, 14 assists in tonight's game. It was a Not so efficient game for Donovan Mitchell, scoring 22 points on 7 of 16 shooting, uh, but also managed to uh, grab a few rebounds, three assists. Did battle with a little bit of foul trouble in this game as well. I was impressed. I continue to be impressed, though, Jake, by the Oklahoma City Thunder as a whole. It's a team that you just don't expect much of, and they'll put together stretches. Now, even when they were up 31-22 at the end of the first quarter, there's no point in this game where I thought, okay, OKC is going to pull this one out. No, you put, you
0: knew the Jazz were going to go on a run and kind of get this one where it should be.
1: Right. But you put together or the Thunder put together these stretches where it's just like, OK, I, I can see what they're doing, even though they they're still very, very far away. And of course, I mean, 42 points for Dort. What What can you say about that?
0: He's the sixth player in Oklahoma City Thunder history to get into the 40-plus point range, which is pretty cool for him. He did it on 6 of 31 shooting, 7 of 11 from deep, 42 points for Lou Dort. The Velveeta Twitter account is going to be oh-so-happy with him. Moving on to the next game, it was the Lakers taking on the Charlotte Hornets here. Both teams really banged up. The Lakers ultimately got the win. Not a ton from this one. It was kind of ugly at the end. The Lakers needed this one. You know, they had been on, this was the final game of a seven-game road trip. They're four and three over that without LeBron James, without Anthony Davis. It's probably enough to keep them out of the play-in tournament, but I don't know. I kind of still dig this Hornets team. They're just tough, and you have to like them still kind of going out and trying to win this game, even without LaMelo Ball
1: we talked about injuries in last segment robbing us of potentially a great team in the playoffs with the Denver Nuggets. Well, we might be able to put the Charlotte Hornets in that category as well. Maybe not as good as the Nuggets, but Charlotte has just been so much fun. Now, a lot of that has to do uh, with, of course, uh, the play of LaMelo Ball and and his injury. Very unfortunate to take that away from us, but I agree with you. The Charlotte Hornets team, they're physical. They're fun. Uh, They play solid team basketball. They have just enough talent to stay in the conversation, although I think you're and I both believe that even if the hornets were to make it whether it was via play in tournament or the the playoffs themselves they are going to be a quick exit but if i'm a charlotte hornets fan i'm i'm watching the remainder of the season even if i'm disappointed i'm thinking you know what we still have the core here, and we know that if any slide is going to happen in the second half of the season, it's because our star rookie in LaMelo Ball, who in my mind was the runaway favorite for rookie of the year before he got hurt. Uh, we know where we're headed. And then as for the Los Angeles Lakers, I mean, their goal, at least in my mind, is just to tread water right now. stay as Yeah, close that's to all they're looking to do as you possibly can. And then uh, my biggest question, and I, I continue to have it with the Lakers because he was so good with the Clippers. And I don't know if this is just another like Kenneth Farid situation with how good he with, was with the nuggets for a while, but Montrez Harold this season is just so confusing to me, Jake.
0: Yeah, he's got a couple of bad games in a row for them, I think, right now. And uh, they're still I don't know really what they're kind of doing there in L.A. to a certain degree. You're not really seeing any of Gasol anymore for him with Drummond really taking all of his minutes. But i don't think it matters when you you know this is one of those ones that i don't think we need to overthink it's it's lebron james it's anthony davis when they're healthy that's who's going to kind of carry them and they're getting those guys back sooner rather than later and as long as the lakers aren't in the play-in tournament i don't think they really care about a whole lot else so moving on to one of the late games which was hopefully going to be close then not so much was the miami heat and the phoenix suns phoenix winning by 2106 Eighty-six. This one is very simple on where Phoenix won this game, and that was the bench. The Phoenix Suns had 65 bench points compared to 24 for the Miami Heat. Really started to kind of pull away from the Heat in the second quarter. Bench just overwhelmed them, and the Heat starters didn't do exactly a ton either.
1: I probably shouldn't feel this or feel this way because of my affiliation with the Sacramento Kings. It's, it's a mixture of just jealousy and pride that I have in this Phoenix Suns group. The addition of Chris Paul, I mean, it speaks for itself, but uh, the play of Devin Booker this season and the fact that the Phoenix Suns can defeat the Miami heat one Oh six to 86 in a game where Devin Booker only scores 12 points and, and Chris Paul only scores five. I mean, the, the, the Phoenix Suns bench is something that I don't think people talk about enough with 14, points for pain 15 points for, pain, 15 buzz points for Cameron Johnson Johnson. i mean they were so important in this game but i think they're going to be that's what's going to give them really an edge in a lot of these playoff series is this team doesn't have a lot of experience outside of chris paul for playoff runs and chris paul gives them obviously a big boost but i really think that the the bench of the phoenix suns is what's going to separate them and give them an advantage in some of these series it's going to be interesting to see who they eventually match up with but i have so much pride in the phoenix suns just as a basketball fan monty williams has done an incredible job i mean how 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 can you not like what the sons have done?
0: No, you have to love it in in, in a sense with that bench. It's a little bit. It reminds me a little bit of the Raptors during their finals run and their win because you've got that unit that just comes in and blitzes opponents. And if you have a bench that's given you anything remotely this positive, there's just so much upside for a team like that because again, you still have Devin Booker. You still have Chris Paul. Aiton was good in this one too. There's a lot of talent there and they are keeping pace with the Utah Jazz at the top of the Western Conference. That ties in perfectly to the next thing that we want to bring up. And that is the Michelob ultra player of the week. This we want to give to someone who's just enjoying basketball, who loves what they're doing so much. And when you look at the success of the Phoenix suns, it's tough not to give this to Chris Paul. And that's who we're going to give it to. So Chris Paul is the ultra player of the week, a guy that many people wrote off, right? His contract. You don't want that sort of thing. Dude is still such an important and good basketball player. And you can really see how much fun he's having out there. This is a dude who just loves playing basketball. And as Michelob says, enjoyment isn't the end game. It is the whole game. And they ask, are you happy because you win? Or do you win because you're happy? There's a whole bunch of all of that and all of the winning going on with the Phoenix Suns, and it's led by Chris Paul, arguably the MVP of this team over Devin Booker. And if you want to enjoy a Michelob Ultra, you can. It's only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Don't drink something that makes you miserable. Drink a Michelob Ultra. Again, 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. And that is why Chris Paul is the ultra player of the week. Today's episode of Locked On NBA is also brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, MLB, and NHL are all in full swing. And Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code locked on. It's like you already won a bet. They're giving you free money just for signing up and making your first deposit using promo code locked on over at betonline.ag. Betonline, your online sportsbook experts.
1: It is never too early to start paying attention to the NBA draft, especially a draft as loaded as this one is with the top five. But outside of those top five, there's still plenty more talent to talk about and get to know, and you can learn about that talent with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with Locked On NBA Draft. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, even recaps of all the great action from March Madness, four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: All right, four more games to recap and a full night of action in the NBA. Let's move on to the Boston Celtics beating the Portland Trailblazers in a nail-biter at the end. 116-115. Not, not quite enough game time, though he had a heave right at the end of this game that you kind of just assume would have gone in, but it was right. way off the mark as time expired and wasn't meant to be. Wasting a vintage performance from Carmelo Anthony, who was 10 of 15 on the night, for 25 total points, but... Lillard got it going for 28 in this one, but CJ McCollum was off six of 19 for just 16 points. They needed just a little bit more to try and win this one And Boston surging to an extent right now.
1: There's two sides to this game that I really want to focus on, Jake. And one, it's the fact that Boston getting hot at the right time. I think this was a statement win for them, Uh, a win that said, look, we might have struggled in the early parts of this season. You might look at the Brooklyn Nets, the Philadelphia 76ers as the obvious kingpins in the Eastern Conference, but we deserve to be in that conversation. Uh, The dagger that Jason Tatum hit there at the end of the game. Oh, big shot clutch bucket really taking dame time on to himself uh in portland so that's one area that i want to focus on make sure the boston celtics get their due but man the portland trailblazers are just so damn fun to watch and it, it starts i mean of course with damian lillard and he's one of those guys where i don't know if you feel the same way jake and i don't know if the listeners feel the same way but dame is is that type of player that After a while, you would expect to kind of get used to what he does. Like he'd hit a big shot and you'd go, yep, that's just kind of Damian Lillard. But I never stopped being surprised and completely entertained by the buckets that Lillard hits, the uh, plays that he makes. There was even a pass that he made, an over-the-shoulder kick-out pass while while attacking the basket for an open CJ McCollum corner three that kept this game close late. I mean, Dame just makes such incredible plays in the fourth quarter that it's almost like NFL red zone. You just want to tune in when, you know, Damian Lillard is playing in a fourth quarter.
0: Yeah. The the league just needs a Dame time alert, right? Just to tune in when it's a close game. And as you know, it looked like Boston was going to kind of run away with this one for a second. Then it got close in the fourth. And I I'm sitting here watching this just being like, hell yeah. Like, hell yeah. We're going to get Dame time. And that's some of the most fun NBA minutes you can watch in the entire league. Just didn't end up happening for him this, this night. Jason Tatum and um, Jalen Brown were great. They combined for, what was it, 56 points in this game. They're surging. It's a four-game winning streak for the Boston Celtics right now. I don't think they're in that top tier of those three teams you mentioned in the East, but they can definitely kind of lead that second group. I don't know if that's enough to get you too far in the Eastern Conference playoffs, but they're they're kind of proving that point right there. Next game up, we've got the Atlanta Hawks over the uh, Toronto Raptors, the Tampa Bay Raptors. <laughs> this one was just, frankly, the Hawks are, are like a little bit better. They had um, this game was kind of a runaway for them until Malachi Flynn got hot in the fourth quarter and hit uh, scored 15, but no uh, Trey Young for the Hawks, Clint Capella with a big game. And yeah, they win 108, 103. They've won seven out of their last eight.
1: Bogdan Bogdanovich showing his value that I and Sacramento knows very well, a streaky <laughs> player to say the least, but has the capability of, of really stepping up when needed with injuries to certain players. You talk about Trey Young being out, also Danilo Gallinari not playing and Bogdanovich after a, a massive game either last night or the night before all the days just blend together for me. Uh, Bogdanovich in almost 40 minutes tonight, 23 points, 9 of 18 shooting 5 of 8 from 3 point range also took over a lot of primary ball handler duties and if the Atlanta Hawks were better and it's weird to say this because they're 30 and 25 and and definitely in the playoff picture in the east but whether they played in the west i don't know what it would have to be but if the atlanta hawks were just an overall i guess more uh, in the spotlight team clint capella would be getting so much more love than what he's been getting like i I don't know he's
0: been really good recently
1: i don't know if he's like an afterthought or because i'm guilty of this too like i just I don't pay enough attention to Clint Capella, and I kind of put him in that box of, oh, he's one of those athletic bigs that just Chris Paul made his career and got him paid. But he's really showing that he deserves the money that he has, and he is a very, very solid option at that center position. I mean, 21 rebounds tonight? Come on.
0: Yeah, he's been big for them over the past couple games. They're 15-5 and since... Uh, Nate McMillan took over for them like they they are a very good team they're up to fourth in the Eastern Conference right now two more games left to go let's move on to the Los Angeles Clippers and the Indiana Pacers Clippers win 126 115 this was close for three quarters till the Clippers just pulled away they're better Paul George was awesome in this one against his former team 36 points four of seven from deep 13 of 25 the Pacers crowd was booing him a little bit which was kind of fun in this one
1: so when I just talked about being not used to Dame Lillard and, and, and not uh, and just completely entertained by the Portland Trailblazers, it's almost the exact opposite for me with this L.A. Clippers team. I mean, 38 and 18, and I'm almost bored by them. And that's that's weird. And that's something I just have to get over. And it also comes from a place of jealousy and also just contempt for L.A. in general. <laughs> but just I'm not impressed by this team. Even when Paul George goes for 36, even when Marcus Morris provides 22 and and they defeat a Pacers team that I think should be better than what their record indicates. Like, I'm just, I'm not impressed by this team, Jake.
0: Uh, No, I'm with you. They're good. And like, you watch them and you're like, oh yeah, they're, they're a very good team. And I do not know what it is. There's something that just... Yeah, Like they're they're an amazing three-point shooting team, right? Like they lead the league in three-point shooting percentage. They were hot in this game, which really kind of buried the Indiana Pacers. They were 13 of 28, 46.4%. And just Indiana couldn't kind of overcome that. And, and they're just kind of, I don't know what it is, like boring, just solid overall team that is not flashy for, which probably has to do with Kawhi Leonard, right? Like not the flashiest dude there is. Um, but also, shout out to Nick Batum in this game. Yeah. The Batum battalion coming <laughs> through with the defensive effort. Five blocks for him. It's like reinvented I, himself or like woken up as a player after like sleeping for a couple of years with the Charlotte Hornets.
1: I like Nick Batum so much. Such an easy guy to root for, which is why I don't like him on the LA Clippers. But <laughs> just he's a he's a, on a boring team. He's a fun guy to watch the effort that he plays with. He, he in a way, I mean, this is going to sound like a really weird comparison, but I'm more talking about the effects of father time, how Vince Carter was able to extend his career by doing the little things and adjusting his game. Nick Batum has done a lot of that uh that i have noticed really this year with the la clippers and the fans there have embraced him wholeheartedly which i love but again i look at this clippers team and i and i think forward to the playoffs and just because of the talent that they have you know that they have to be considered in the conversation for a deep playoff run but they still haven't done enough to me to to Put them over that hump, and it's the same way I felt about them when they were Lob City with uh, with Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan and Chris Paul. It's like you knew they were going to be good, you knew they were going to make a, a potentially deep run, but there was just something about that team that was just missing for you to really consider them contenders. And that's kind of how I feel about the Clippers at this point.
0: It's it's weird to say that about a team that over their past thirteen games is eleven and two, right?
1: And again, guilty of jealousy here. Clippers fans, <laughs> come at me with knives. No, 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 no. I'm I mean, from Sacramento. It, it,
0: Again, they're not flashy. I don't know what it is, but they're a good team, and they're they're, going to be in the postseason for a while here. Then we've got the final game of the night, rescheduled from the other day. The Brooklyn Nets taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Nets win 127-97. No Carl Anthony Towns for Minnesota in this one. Kind of a quiet night for D'Angelo Russell, who had been hot the past couple of uh, games, averaging 24 points. By the way, no Carl Anthony Towns going to a service for his mother who passed away a year ago. So nice for him to kind of take what he needs and the time he needs, um, given everything that he's gone through. For the Nets, no Kyrie, no no Harden, but when Kevin Durant puts up 31 points, you're going to be able to win a game.
1: Yeah, it's good to see KD back, but I hate this Nets team, Jake. I just, I I, I hate what they are. I hate what they stand for. I'm also, I just, I'm not a fan. Even though he didn't play in this game, I'm just not a fan of James Harden at all. And I I, I feel upset for the Houston Rockets, although part of me is like evilly happy at how things ended there. I, I'm upset for the Rockets that Harden basically forced his way out and they ended up getting next to nothing for him. But hey, that's, that
0: return is going to look horrible in the future. Like it's going to look even fault. worse than it already is now. But, but do you, So do you think this is like one of those things where it's bad for the league?
1: Absolutely. Like I, I personally think, and this is a small market mindset, but I think the biggest victims here of, of what Brooklyn is doing, really taking advantage of the buyout market. I think the league needs to absolutely take a, a look at stuff like this because I get they form kind of fun super teams that are going to be a fun story to follow during the playoffs. But I, I look at, a team like the Utah Jazz, who I talked about earlier, a team that in my mind has done everything the right way, built in a small market. I look at these small market teams that are trying really hard, even the the Milwaukee Bucks to some extent. And I look at them and what they have to fight through and what they have to do with uh, building a team through the draft and through small but but impactful trades and free agency signings. I look at that and compare that to a team like Brooklyn that can go from – absolute garbage to suddenly have Durant Kyrie Harden and now Blake Griffin and everybody wants to play for the Nets. I just I I think it's a tremendously unfair advantage
0: no I mean this is something that the NBA has talked a lot about right and it's how do you, this is also partially why they put in like the playing tournament, which is a, a whole other topic for another day right now that how do you keep people engaged with the season when at times it feels almost like a foregone conclusion or that only a couple of teams really matter or really have a chance at winning the title in any given t- season. And those teams 90% of the time, 95% of the time are in you know big markets, destination markets, however you want to call it and look at it and small market teams play. By very, very different rules and have to approach everything very differently And their margin for error is so much smaller. And look, yes, it's a smaller market. The ratings aren't as big, but those fans matter. Right. And how do you keep them engaged? And when the Nets can kind of do what they did and like, they're fun. I like watching them. They look really good to me. Um, But how do you make it feel like it matters in other cities outside of Los Angeles and New York to an extent?
1: but you say they look really good. They're supposed to, they have to with the roster that they've assembled. Yeah, if fair. they didn't, it would be a colossal failure. But Jake, you did a recent Locked On Pelicans podcast that I thought addressed this issue uh, in, a, in an offhanded way where you were talking about the rumors, the conversation that has come up already about Zion leaving for a bigger market, right? And this is crap. Yeah. This is garbage that small market teams have to deal with for a while. Giannis had to deal with it for a couple of years before he finally committed to the Milwaukee Bucks and came mm-hmm. back, which I think is an absolute golden move for Giannis. And and I, like, I love what Damian Lillard has continue to commit to the Portland trailblazers and not jump ship as well. Like this is something that small market teams have to deal with. And look, I get TV ratings wise, LA versus Brooklyn, the Lakers versus the Nets in the NBA finals. Of course, people are going to pay attention to that, but do you want to see that? Do I want to see that? I don't like, I really do not. I would rather see the Utah jazz in the NBA finals making a run. And if they truly are the team that they look to be this season, that would be more meaningful to me than super team a versus super team B in big market.
0: Yeah, it just depends on the team you root for, right? Like if you're in L.A., you you, you, dis- you disagree with everything we're saying right now, which, which is fine, right? Like you root for your team in the situation that's going to make you the best. But of course, I'm going to be rooting for a team like the Utah Jazz or it's sometimes, you know, it's like the Thunder, right? You wish they had won a title and shown that you can do it that way. And while they came very close, they ultimately weren't able to get there and sustained success is nice. And sometimes it sucks when you're just rooting to have a run like the Memphis Grizzlies did with the grit and grind era. That was a huge success, but they were never going to win the NBA title. But they had, what, seven fun years during that kind of stretch? And you, it sucks that that's kind of like the ceiling you feel for some of these small market teams.
1: I remember being frustrated when the Golden State Warriors landed Kevin Durant. But to me, these two things couldn't be more different because the Golden State Warriors had already won titles and built that title team through the draft with Curry and yeah. Thompson and Draymond Green and KD went and joined that versus the Brooklyn Nets, acquired both KD and Kyrie in uh, in free agency and then with the rest of the buyout market and then a forced trade of James Harden, here they are. Like they are, are blatantly... Using their market to their advantage, which I, I get that they have the power to do that. So I appreciate it on one hand, but if that power is not shared by the other teams in the league outside of the LA's or the Miami's, it's an extremely unfair advantage that I think the NBA really has to take a look at.
0: They're certainly going to because parody is better here, but I'll say this after watching the Philadelphia 76ers a bunch, I'm not convinced that it's going to be the Nets coming out of there and they've got their whole process and that was a little hard. bit organic too. I am, so I am
1: a big 76ers fan when it comes to these playoffs. Like I'm not the biggest <laughs> fan of the 76ers, if you know what I mean, that team. I'm just like, eh, but I'm rooting for them over the Brooklyn Nets every day of the week coming to the playoffs. Same thing with the Boston Celtics. One of those two teams comes out of the East. I'm a happy camper.
0: There you go. We got Matt George on here. Trust the process. Root for the process. And that's as good of a spot as any to wrap up today's Locked On NBA show. So thank you all very much for listening. That's going to do it for us here. As always on Wednesdays, I'm your co-host, Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Nola Jake.
1: It was a pleasure to join you, Jake. I look forward to hopefully doing this again in the future. If you want to uh, hear more about the Sacramento Kings, I don't know why, but please come stop by and join us in our misery. You can check out the Locked on Kings podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Matt George Radio. Truthfully, we like to try and have as much as we possibly can through the frustrations. Uh, So stop by, I'd love to hear you.
0: Please check out some of the bits that Matt's got on the podcast right now because they are absolutely outstanding. So that's going to do it for the show. Thank you again all for listening and we'll be back with you all next week.